Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Are you ready for Christmas? I, you know, I I kind of was keeping track. Mm-hmm. Then you lose track of the days, and all of a sudden, oh my God, it's this I know. Sunday. I know. It's, it's kind of snuck up on us, but the weather seems appropriate now for, uh, for Santa and his sleigh, because uh, in the matter of like an hour where I live, it went from being 51 degrees to 9 degrees. It's 9 degrees right now where I live. And uh, it, it went from a rain this morning to a pretty heavy snow. Now it's kind of tapered off a bit, but they say that's only temporary. We're in the middle of that. What do they call that thing, Bill? Winter bomb cyclone. Winter bomb cyclone. Yes, I knew I had missed something there. Yeah. Winter bomb cyclone. Boy, that sounds ominous, doesn't it? It is. I think there was a movie about that, too, you know, where they had that and <laughs> everything yeah. froze. And But, you know, I mean, the airline industry has got to go, well, we ain't flying because you try to fly in that, yeah. you ain't flying, you become a frozen rock and drop straight down. It says, like, as of 11.30 um, yesterday, 1,700 mm-hmm. flights had been canceled and another 820 had uh, been nixed for today, Friday, but... I, I woke up this morning and I heard like in in Cleveland alone like two thirds of their flights are canceled in Cleveland. Yeah, boy, that's going to mess up holiday uh, plans, don't you think? Oh uh, yeah, this holiday, if you're traveling, you're flying, forget about it. You're not going to get there because when the planes start flying, then they're going to be in a rush to pack up those planes, right, and get them in the air and get the people to where they're going, which you know is a typical thing to do. And that is the makings of an air disaster. No matter how you slice it, mm. this is not going to be good. But, you know, you're going, well, you know, I paid for this trip. I've got to be there. I've never been, I've never missed Christmas. Yeah. And uh, this might wanna, might be one of the cases where you go up and say, I'm sorry to the airlines, but say, look, you know, what are the chances I'm going to get there in time? Yeah. Well, slim to none. I want my money back. And what do you do now? You know, I, I was thinking... Is this going to be the scenario for what's it? Trains, planes, and automobiles, or whatever. You know, remember that movie that was out with uh, with John Candy and yeah. um, trying to get across Steve, the country. Steve Martin trying to get home for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. those ain't pillows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you do remember the movie, yes? Oh and, yeah. And uh, I was thinking, boy, some poor some poor guy is going to probably be doing that today, trying to get back home. Oh, we'll take a car. We'll run a car. Oh my goodness! What a what a what a time that's going to be. You know, there's a hotel up along the shoreline, the Great Lakes, that they used to film the hotel scene. That was a real hotel. That wasn't a set. Yeah, and and it's there. You can drive by it and you can stay in it. From what can I understand, can I back into a room? I don't think so. I think that was probably uh, one of the only parts of the uh, motel that was was uh, a set piece. Because can I use a watch to stay there? Like. <laughs> Display it. I was always amazed that they got that car that was blown up and burned to actually drive for the movie. For the movie, do you remember the car that was? Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember him sitting there. You know, Steve Martin sleeping, and he's sitting there <laughs> listening to some old blues, man. You know, boogieing along. You know, and people are coming by. He's driving on the wrong side of the road, and sitting there yelling at him. And he's like, oh, "Waving yeah. at him, you know, like you're going, going the wrong the way. Thing, you know, yeah, you're going the wrong way." <laughs> and the horns. Look, if you've never seen the movie and you're going, oh. Oh, these guys are really laughing about this. Yes. Trains, planes, and automobiles. Great holiday movie, even yes. if you don't like Steve Martin. 
he's so yeah. good with with John Candy. It's really like a two man movie. They just carry uh, the whole movie the whole way through. And yeah. uh, it was the odd couple yeah. being forced together on several <laughs> th- uh, several moments. And and Steve Martin, who's you know he's got this nice executive job, but he's going home to see the wife and everything yeah. that could go wrong because of winter travel. Yep, went wrong, and it's this. Frumpy guy, an, an unmade bed is what I like to call a guy like John Candy. <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, that really, you know, through his ways of surviving through life, got him there, even though there were some hellacious things. Well, what's interesting is, is he's loved by everybody he meets after a while. I mean, initially, like with Steve Martin, Steve Martin was turned off to the guy. It was like, oh, gosh, I guess I got to go with this guy. But after a while, and that's the whole premise of the movie. The friendship took over. Really, if you haven't seen it, see it. Okay, you can rent it uh, on on television. Most of the uh, the services have it. I think like you can find it on either Netflix or Amazon Prime or some of those places. Just just ask your remote; it will find it for you. Uh, oh, it's out there. It's a classic. Yeah. You want to see it? And please, if you're driving over the weekend in the Northeast, please drive carefully. The weather is not going to cooperate. It's going to be a, a miserable uh, next couple of days. They're saying we're where I live. We're in a uh, uh, a weather warning uh, until tomorrow, until uh, noon tomorrow. So it's not fun. I would imagine you are the same way where you are. Yeah, we got we got dumped with the snow, the the, the drop in temperature, and I'm actually behind you, mm-hmm. which really makes me wonder if I'm going to get hit again because yesterday yeah. it was bad. You and obviously, are. I've got a little bit of a cold, uh, you know, and uh, so when well, it snowed like hell, I said, no, I'm not going out and shoveling that stuff. I'm, <laughs> God know, I'm put it there. God will take it away. <laughs> and he did. In the, late in the afternoon, uh, the rains came, it warmed up, and it melted away. But, you know, I'm sitting there going, you know, usually what you get, I get. Yeah. Well, So that means... It's not going again and more snow. Uh, uh, it's not going to well, go away anytime soon uh, where I live because the temperature is going to stay cold, which means that after we finish doing this, I'm going to have to go out with a shovel at some point and and clear away some some of it. Otherwise, it'll be a skating rink. You know. Well, I'll tell you this. I saw the guys go out. Uh, the neighbors going, well, well, where's Mister Knight? He's not out here doing it. Because I knew the rain was on the way, and they were all out there diligently mm-hmm. shoveling and cleaning everything and all talking amongst themselves and laughing. And I'm sitting there going, wait until these guys see the rain. And then all of a sudden, one of them looks up, you know? Yeah. And down came the rain, you know? And so it turns it to slush, and then it washed it away. Yes. And I'm like the- going, imagine the feeling. I just spent two hours shoveling, <laughs> and I didn't need to shovel. I know. But sometimes it can go the other way, where they're out there shoveling, and then you get more snow, and you realize you should have been out there earlier to get rid of it. Oh, uh, yeah. I've, I've, I've been through it all. Last year, we got a dump that uh, I have this, you know, where steps go down, and, you know, the snow can fill up. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm a little over six, too. And... You, you have to be careful going down that grade because you can end up in snow over your head. Uh, and me being claustrophobic, 
not not a good scenario. You know, if you well, you know, I have uh, two replacement. Knees. So. I have two replacement knees, so I have to be very careful because I'm not quite as sure-footed as I was when I was younger, and mm. uh, so and, and plus, have you ever seen a big guy like me do a, a dance routine on ice as he fights to stabilize himself? <laughs> That's me. I, you know? I've done the dance routine on ice. Oh, and, it's amazing! It's the, I'm always amazed at the routines that I can do. You know, uh, when I'm in that kind of a situation, you're skating your feet backwards. Oh yes, oh, and you're leaning forward, trying not to fall forward or fall back, and then all of a sudden you do the triple Lindy flip. Yes, and you're on your butt on the, the ground. The only thing that's missing. Is the the guy on the snare drum? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think I heard that guy though when I did it, and when I did it, I jumped up real quick and was brushing myself off, and everyone was laughing at yeah. me like a damn isn't cat. It, isn't it amazing? You try to look dignified after you did something like that because you know that everybody in town is seeing you you do that, and uh, and it, it's even worse when after trying to stay afoot, you land on your tuchus. <laughs> <laughs> that is not uh, that's not fun. And by the way, there'll be a lot of people doing that today. Be be very careful. You know, the first the first weather of of uh, the year, the first snow of the year, it, it's like new a new experience again for people. They've been out. It was seventy degrees here like uh, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. So uh, all of a sudden we have ice and snow, and people forget how to handle themselves on. On that kind well, of stuff. All so. I can say is when you're in the snow and it's slippy out there. Now, uh, you but, just pulled a, a Pennsylvania slang word, slippy. Yep, slippy. You know, where I come from, it's slippery, but that's okay. Yeah, well, it is slippery, but, you know, that is the, because where I'm going with this. Yes. You'll get it, because if it's slippy out there, be sure to protect your ass and, yes, you know, you might want to also, you could fall forward and hit your face and knock out your teeth. Oof. So, Oof. you know, like if you're falling forward, do a do a tuck to the left or to the right and take it on your shoulder. I'd rather have a sore arm than uh, being going, you know, going to the dentist over the holidays. Uh, the office is closed if it's an emergency. Yes. I have uh, no please. teeth. <laughs> you don't have any teeth because you're on the street somewhere bearing a stone. You know, and, I, I, I got to tell you, Bill, I always loved the, the regionalisms when I moved from area to area, and Slippy was one of them. When I heard people say Slippy, uh, I thought, oh, my God, what are they saying? Slippy. Slippy. And because we're in New England, we always said slippery, you know. But out in Pittsburgh, right. in Pittsburgh, it's Slippy. You know? Yeah, it's slippy here in uh, in uh, this part of PA, too. Now, here's another one for you, a little mm -hmm. PA slang. Okay. You know, uh, it'll be springtime slang, but, you know, everybody does spring cleaning. Mm -hmm. And you clean out the no, garage. No, no, no. no what no. do they call it there? It's called it. red up. Red, yeah, red up. Redding out, redding up the garage. Yeah, yeah redding, up the, redding up the garage. Yeah. Uh, I heard that, too. I thought, say, what? What are you talking you about? Do what? Yeah. Another thing is they take... Uh, the house needs cleaned. They'll say that. Now, you you may, if you're from Pittsburgh or from Western PA or from Cleveland or places like that, you may say, what's wrong with that? Well, they eliminate the two key words in that sentence, to be. You know, the, it's, the sentence sh should be, the house needs to be cleaned. But mm -hmm. for some reason, in this area of the country, 
they they eliminated to be. It's to be or not to be. It's gone. It's gone. You know. Well, you know. Speaking of leaving out words and mm-hmm. you know little colloquialisms that people have and they say, um, Biden pulled one in his uh, his his oh, Christmas address. You know that. Um, oh, what was it that he said? Uh, you know, it's it's a holiday around uh, Christians that believe. Uh, you know, in, in a child of God. So he Uh didn't mention God. He didn't mention Jesus. No, he mentioned that they believe there is a, you know, uh, exactly how he said it. I don't know. I can sit there and look it up. I actually, I actually have, I believe some audio, if I can find a child that Christians believe to be the son of God. That's, that's exactly what he said. He has a problem saying the words God and Christ. And now, Jesus. Yeah. I'm very serious, folks. You may say, oh, that's ridiculous. Let me play a little bit of the uh, Biden message. I sincerely hope this holiday, this holiday season will drain the poison that has infected our politics and set us against one another. I hope this Christmas season marks a fresh start for our nation because there's so much that unites us as Americans, so much more that unites us than divides us. We're truly blessed to live in this nation. And I truly hope we take the time to look out, look out for one another, not at one, for one another. Oh, I got to tell you, folks, did you notice he said he didn't say Christmas season? He said crispy season. <laughs> Let me see whether I can find it again. Because oh, yeah. This holiday season will drain the poison that has infected our politics and set us against one another. I hope this Christmas season marks a fresh start. <laughs> you hear it? Mm, I heard it. One more time. I hope this Christmas season. He says what sounds to me like, I certainly hope this Christmas season. He has. He, he also did a, a little Freudian slip at the very beginning of it, too. I forget what he was well, saying, but me, he said let me, something. Let me see if they can find it for you. I sincerely hope this Holloway, this Holloway, Holloway there it is. The poison. <laughs> so yeah. are we going, is, it, uh, is that a combination of Halloween and a holiday? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, because, you know, they, they've really got some spooky characters in the White House. And I'm starting to wonder if the w- winter weather doesn't have something to do with, you know, what he says at times. Like, you know, a bomb cyclone just went off in his brain. Do you remember where he said, uh, uh, one nation under, well, you know that thing. Do you remember when he said that? He said yes, that. Yes, I do. He didn't say one nation under God indivisible. Well, it was a pledge of allegiance. That's what, of course, yes. He said, uh, one nation under, under, you know, that thing. You know, a lot of women think that this guy is a great guy. So I'm going to ask you a question, ladies. If you're dating a fellow or, you know, maybe you're married right now and he can't say, I love you, love. He has a problem, doesn't he? So he probably... He's got a problem with the word because he doesn't love you. True. So if Joe can't say God, Jesus, right, or anything like that, he's not even spiritual. He is something else. He can't say the words because he's afraid he's going to burst into flames mm-hmm. and melt away. You know, we laugh, but... It would appear that you're right. I mean, he has a problem saying God, Christ, Jesus. I would uh, dare anybody in an interview sit there and say, Merry Christmas, Joe, and God bless you. Can you say it back to me? 
Do you know what we're he seeing? Could not say that. You know what we're seeing right now, Bill. I think we're seeing a lot of the real, the real uh, character of our politicians. It, it, they're they're displaying what they really are uh, with things like their vote for this omnibus bill, with the fact that they stood up for this guy and applauded him, uh, Zelensky, like they did. I gotta play mm-hmm. for you. I gotta play for you a cut. This is uh, interesting. This was on Tucker's show yesterday, and uh, Tucker keeps doing a great job. He he's. I was thinking as I was watching it. Thank God we have a guy like Tucker uh, in our world right now. I mean, we really took a loss when uh, we lost Rush because Rush was fearless. He was beholding to nobody, and so you knew when he was talking about stuff, it was truly what he believed, and he he didn't uh, vacillate back and forth or or, or play the political games for the sake of his job. He was making so much money that money was really not important to him anymore. It was his philosophy that was important, his legacy that was important. So when we lost him, we lost something really important. And I mean, I say that because uh, a guy like Hannity, for example, has proven to be, to me, a bit of a disappointment recently. Because I've never really been a fan of Hannity because Hannity is a fan of Hannity. Oh, he uh, loves himself. As a matter of fact, that's all I hear is him talking about himself. Oh, my, he, you know, if he tells me one more time that he's taking martial arts, mixed martial arts, that's wonderful. That's great. But, you know, they, this is a, a, a guy who, when he was a young man, he filled in for Rush a lot. I'm talking like mm-hmm. tw- 20 years ago. And that's where he kind of got his his notoriety, his fame. And... He grew off that. I mean, he had done, I guess, his TV show from 1996, but at the time, nobody was watching Fox. Nobody cared. But all of a sudden, he's filling in for the uh, the most popular talk show host in America, and he started to pick up some momentum. And he fed off that. And, you know, he followed the, the leadership of Rush. And if Rush went a certain way, a philosophy, then Sean went that way, too. So... He couldn't lose, but when Rush died, there was no one to lead him anymore. And I say this because he testified. This is, uh, uh, you know, the, Fox is being sued by Dominion Systems. Right. And um, one of the attorneys for Dominion said that in a deposition, uh, Sean Handy said that he did not believe for one second that the 2020 election was fraudulent. Now, he has led a lot of his listeners on because he may not have believed for one second, but the tenor of his radio show has always been one where he was on the side of the people who did believe that the 2020 election was fraudulent. He kind of led them along. So what I, I guess what it says here, if, if this is true, that he has been lying to his fans. Well, you know, he might be a conservative but or conservative at heart but he doesn't know how to articulate his beliefs or even hone in on them and with rush even after he didn't work for rush you know following him up right he could take notes and he could get on page yeah and then you can sit there and have a few little side shoots and all of a sudden you got the makings of another great show but when rush passed sean did a lot of deviations and 
uh, to the point to where he almost became woke. Yeah. And and I hate putting him down because uh, I know some people in that crew, well, you know, uh, which you know. Bill, there's a lot of people who they become dependent on, on their job because their lifestyle has grown so mm-hmm. so expensive. You know, I mean, uh, for example, a lot of people were disappointed in Brett Baer after the 2020 election because he seemed to toe the, the, the network line, which was so against what most of their viewers believed. I had read where he had bought a twelve million dollar house in Florida. Now that could be a lot of nonsense, but I mean, Ooh, I, I don't Hannity? know for sure. No, I'm talking about Brett Bear. Okay, and um, that he had a, a big, expensive house in uh, Florida. You know, when you have an, a lifestyle like that, you have to keep your job. Absolutely. And if the network says you're being deposed by the Dominion lawyers. Uh, let's do a little prep. And in the prep, they say, well, we can't tell you what to say, but if I were you, I would not admit that I believe that the elections were stolen because by doing that, you're going to put yourself in jeopardy, your job in jeopardy. I'm just saying. So what I would say if I were you is I would say not for one second, not for one second did I believe that the elections were stolen. That would get you, you off the hook. You can't be convicted on your beliefs. Shouldn't be able to. So he he got up there and said, not for one second did I believe that the elections were stolen. Well, i got to tell you, if he was reading the same facts and looking at the same information that you and I looked at, he's either got blinders on or he's not an astute uh, follower of uh, politics uh, like he uh, appears to be on the radio. I don't know whether it was stolen by one system. I believe there was hanky-panky in that uh, 2020 election. I think there was a lot of hanky-panky from a lot of different agents doing a lot of different things. So it was it's easy to sit there. It's a shell game. But there's a lot of shells in play, more than just three. This or guy, one shell that you're rotating there. The attorney for uh, Dominion said many of the highest-ranking Fox people have admitted under oath that they never believed the Dominion lies. Uh, he said that even Tucker Carlson has said that he didn't believe the election was stolen. The attorney said uh, he described how Mr. Carlson had tried to squirm out of it in the deposition when asked about the uh, whether he thought it was stolen or not. And I guess this goes back to, do you, in a deposition, I know you're supposed to be very honest, but like you said, it's an opinion. Do, do you think that? Did you believe that, you know? And I guess it's hard to prove. So I guess a, a lawyer for your company for Fox would say, listen, if you want to keep your job and if you want to keep this uh, uh, from blowing it up into uh, something that it shouldn't be, I would suggest that you deny that you believe that you ever thought that it was stolen. Well, let me ask you a question. If they can sit there mm-hmm. and take the narrative that it wasn't, it wasn't stolen. Nobody believes it. You know, then all the cases that are out there, that uh, are saying that it was stolen all, all stolen all the evidence that's come forward from twitter and whatnot right that proves it was stolen can they push that off into a corner shelve it and make it go away if they sit there and they go there's a preponderance of people that don't believe it was stolen when you see the answers from hannity 
and the answer from uh, Tucker, you see the two the two men. I think Hannity enthusiastically said, "I never for one second believed that it was stolen." He just went along with the the company uh, the company narrative. Well, then he had no purpose being on the radio touting Trump, Trump, Trump. Right. If yeah, he's you and, know he, you know and he, and he sits around. He does his Trump one on one interviews, and he's getting a lot of mileage off that. Okay, if Tucker squirmed a bit, I'll bet you his answer was evasive too. Mm-hmm. The guy may say, "Yeah, well, Tucker said the same thing," but uh, Tucker his his deposed answer may may have been a bit more ambiguous. I think they were under a lot of stress and a lot of pressure in a deposition to not get the company that they work for in their in jeopardy or their jobs in jeopardy. You know, well, and unless you've never been through a deposition, you don't understand what goes on, and it's it's theater of the court. And when you go in there right. and you're deposed, you're given, you know, they, they coach you. Oh yeah. They will coach you on what you're going to say, how you're going to say it. And when that happens, you know, there are ultimatums. Now I know this personally because I went through. As uh, have I, Pittsburgh. I've been, I've been deposed too. Yeah. I was in a, in a major lawsuit in Pittsburgh. And as a matter of fact, I, I got called in one day and they said, you're going to change your testimony. And I said, well, what do you mean? You're going to say you made a mistake in what you said. And I sat there and said, then that would make me a liar, and that would put the, the blame on me. Well, if you know what's good for your career, right. quote, unquote, then you'll do this and everything will be fine. Well, I also happen to know that was a lie. Because if you sit there Did and they say that, that directly to you, by the way? Because many times a lawyer won't say it directly to you. They won't say to you like, you're going to change your testimony. No, somebody from uh, somebody else in management came in and recommended that I. So play the lawyer the game. wasn't in, the lawyer wasn't right. uh, in trouble there. He, yeah, he can't be. He can't be tainted. Uh, it was recommended to me, and I did not change my testimony. So when it came to the day of the hearing, uh, when I was supposed to be called up and go through. Uh, they sat there and said, yeah, you're going to be sequestered off into a room so you don't hear any of the testimony. And then I was just sitting there in, in a little room, and they just sat there, and they came, and they said, you can go. I said, what about what I'm saying? You can go. We don't need it. So I know yeah. that I have no idea what happened in there. Uh, they did, you know, they didn't get the outcome they wanted, and they appealed. Okay, and let's say. Took a bath, but, you know. Okay, let's, let's say you're in a situation where. That probably didn't. It may have cost you your job in the long it run. Did. Yeah, but uh, and 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 jobs are relevant. I mean, everybody needs a job. But when you have a, a guy like Hannity, where so many millions of dollars are involved with his employment, and other people's jobs are depending upon his employment, I'm thinking that he might change his opinion of what he believed in in a deposition. You know, he might say. I never for one second believed it was uh, it was a fixed election. I don't think he cares about protecting anybody. I really don't. I mean, the crew he's got there, he's got the lady that's the producer. Linda. He seems, yeah, Linda. He seems to lean on her a lot for opinion, and I'm wondering why. But, you know, I got no problem with that. Um, now, I do have a friend that co-hosts for him from time to time. He used to mm-hmm. work for me. Right. And uh, does a great job. But at least when she comes in and does that, she 
she doesn't rely on, well, she didn't rely on Rush Limbaugh. She didn't rely on Hannity. She relied on herself and her beliefs. And, uh, you know, she's, she's a very, I don't want to say spiritual, she's Christian. So she's, you know, very God-based. Yeah. But she has her political beliefs. But at least she, when she's She's a good on, lady. It's her. Yeah, she's a good lady. She's a she, good lady. Yeah. I, I, and uh, she, she does a great show, you know. Well, and she's in your neck of the woods. Yes. And I think we can say who it is. Her name is Rose. Okay, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. You know, uh, and if you've listened to Rose on uh, on Hannity's show, that's who we're talking about. She's a terrific lady, good talk show host, and uh, a good person. Uh, she used to be Tokyo Rose when but, she worked for me. But I got to tell you, I am very disappointed in Hannity. It seemed to me that if he said it the way he said it, he said it with enthusiasm. I never for one second thought it was. I mean, if you're going to make, if you're going to change your deposition and it's against what you really feel, don't be so enthusiastic about it. And that's my own humble opinion. But I also think, folks, that these people are going to damage talk radio in the long run. And you're going to find that programs, maybe not this program, although I think this program might end up being something of some significance down the road, but. I think programs like this will become more and more important to people because they'll realize they're not getting filtered facts. They're getting what people believe to be the truth. We're talking truth is what yeah. we do. I, I look at, at what we do and, and how it's going, and I don't see uh, you know a lot of positive things. I know there, there was a thing I was going to talk about, um, microaggressions. And the only reason I mentioned that is because Joe Biden is uh, touting uh, a half million dollars to develop an AI. What's an AI? Artificial intelligence. What will it? Uh, where will it uh, reside? It'll probably reside on the internet, and it'll get into your phone, your computers, everything that you've got, and it's looking for infractions. It might be unintentional. It might be phrases that could be interpreted as they got racist. that now, Bill. They got that well, now. Twitter. I'm sure they do. Twitter was doing it. Twitter yeah, was finding you. Yeah, but he's doing you. that because they want, I think what they want to do is they want to, you know, develop it even more uh, because he announced it two days ago. And look, Joe is not smart enough to come up with microaggressions and somebody might be going, what the hell is that? Well, look it up and you'll be surprised as, as to what it is, but it's an invasion into our privacy. So many things are happening in our world that are just hard to believe. I mean, we have people who we thought we could trust, uh, talk show hosts that we thought were on our side, who are kind of showing their true colors, and it's a surprise to all of us. Uh, and you don't know who to believe anymore. The mainstream media, which we thought was just the facts, just the facts. Well, they're not just the facts. They're they're the fake media. They get things from for example, the DNC on a daily basis, and their instructions as to what to say in the news. And I, last night on Tucker's program, he talked about it. We're going to start off with a segment, and I want you all to right. listen to this segment because it's, it's an example of how all these different news anchors on all these different uh, networks uh, carried the same water. Listen. Politicians and the press often toss around comparisons to Winston Churchill, but this time, minus the cigar and the whiskey, it fits. President Biden face-to-face -face with the man who was 
who has drawn comparisons to Winston Churchill. And in a dramatic wartime appearance, reminiscent of Winston Churchill in World War II. This was historic. Uh, some people have compared it to when Churchill came. Zelensky is very much acting in the Churchillian tradition. What could be a Churchillian moment? I mean, he is a modern Winston Churchill with an iPhone. Someone who probably is the most courageous and inspirational leader since Winston Churchill. Where Winston Churchill stood generations ago, so too President Zelensky stands. So you're almost saying that Zelensky's had a harder job than Churchill had. That's exactly what I'm saying. This is a historical figure. This guy actually can be compared to Winston Churchill, the Lincoln in 1860. So that kind of solves a mystery from last night. How can any self-respecting American sit there when some foreign dictator shows up wearing his workout clothes in the U.S. Congress and starts demanding with a very apparent lack of gratitude that we send him tens of billions of dollars when we're running out of money. How could you sit and put up with that? And then drapes a Ukrainian flag in our Congress. How could you put up with that? Well, because you're not a self-respecting American. You have no self-respect. You have no dignity. You don't care. You'll say anything. You'll tell any lie. You'll repeat any talking point. And when someone from the DNC or the White House sends you a note by text saying, compare him to Churchill, you do because you have no self-respect. That's the problem. So while millions of Americans can't afford to go to the doctor and we have no border, our leaders and our media are imagining they're very close to Winston Churchill. All right, so this is clearly some sort of weird psychodrama that our ruling class is engaging in that gives meaning to their otherwise barren lives. The problem is there are potential consequences that could end the world. That's true. <laughs> you know, you listen to these talking heads from all these different networks saying the same thing, spewing the same basic line, Churchillian. One of them said, I think that Zelensky has a harder job than Churchill. A harder job than Churchill. Churchill yeah. was trying to win World War II, right? right? His country was on the verge of annihilation, and... Uh, he was trying to get America to come on board and to join the effort, which, of course, we did. And uh, this guy, Zelensky, he is taking boatloads of money. He's buying equipment, but you don't have any accountability from him. You don't know where it's going. And he's never satisfied. He needs more. He thanks us, but he needs more. Uh and his wife goes out and spends forty grand on a weekend for Christmas gifts. Uh, it, it, I, I never see Zelensky looking like he has uh, uh, been in battle. I see him in a press T-shirt all the time, his pajamas, his green pajamas. Yeah, and there he is looking all you know good and everything, nighty night time. But you know the other thing I was thinking, you know, they're comparing him to Winston Churchill, Winston Churchill, Winston yeah. Churchill. All right. I know who Winston Churchill is. You know who Winston Churchill is, but we're older, right? All right, and 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 not that we really even when I was in school focused on Winston Churchill, uh, but does the 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 mainstream population, you know, the average person well, that is forty five and below, know who Winston Churchill? That is, is an excellent point because we've dumbed down our society over the years. We have de-emphasized history. You're absolutely correct. You know, one of the guys said, 
Uh, he's like Churchill. He's like Lincoln. I thought, you damn fool, you don't know your history. He's like Lincoln. Lincoln had a country that was ripped in half, fighting against each other, neighbor against neighbor, brother against brother, thousands, tens of thousands dying, and uh, he was trying to keep it all together. He was trying to pull it all back together and heal it. And this guy, Zelensky, uh, goodness knows what he's doing. I mean, he's closing down, like we talked about, the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. He's closing yeah. down churches. He's arresting priests. He's arresting priests. closed down his opposition Now, party. what did they do? What did, what, what did the priests do? They had differences of opinion. They had oh, differences oh, of opinion. Oh, the opinion police is out there. Yes. Well, you know, he closed down opposition media. Other networks that were, I guess there were like three major networks. Two of them were opposed to what he was doing. So when he won, right. he closed down those two other networks. He absorbed them. That doesn't sound democratic to me. It doesn't sound no Churchillian. Democratic. Yeah. Look, what we're going through, I sit here and wonder, are we going to survive this or are we too deep in the quicksand of uh, what's going on in D.C.? Uh, you know, they control all the media. Uh, the deep state is deeper than what I would have ever imagined. I, I sit there and I, I, I view myself sometimes as Trump going, man, you know, he, he got into this thinking, I can do something. I can do some good. Right. And then he was attacked on every level, level from every direction. And you got to wonder sometimes if he sits there and, and goes, what the hell mm. did I get myself into? I could have taken my money, gone off somewhere on a private island, and just sat there and said, to hell with y'all, sink on your own soil. But, you know, he didn't. He fought, and now he, and he's still fighting. I don't know. Can Trump win it? Sure. I, uh, you know, he's, he's got the knowledge to do it, but I don't know that he might be out, outnumbered. Oh, if that's the case, uh, it's a depressing scenario. We are in dire straits. If we, you got to hope that there are some people in this country who, who have the truth, who know the truth, and who are willing to stand for the truth. And, right. and I don't believe that, I don't believe that, uh, this administration represents the truth. That's my no, belief. And no. right now, I guess we still can say what we believe. I was trying to find, there was a, a thing that Trump posted yesterday, and I cannot find it on uh, on Truth Social. I'm, I'm, I'm scanning through it. He he took some clips from the, the movie Judgment at Nuremberg. I'll find it later, and maybe on Monday I'll play the clip. It was really interesting that he posted this. It was mm -hmm. kind of thrown out there, and it was a bunch of different clips of them pronouncing the verdict to the Nazis at the end of the Nuremberg trial. You're found guilty of four counts, you'll be hanged till you're dead. He said, you've been found guilty of two counts, you get 20 years. And they're going down this list. It was kind of thrown out there in a very kind of strange way. Why is Trump posting this segment uh, of that movie on on the internet, so there was a lot of talk about that. But he had other posts that he posted. Uh, he yeah. talked he talked about the omnibus bill, the omnibus bill. That's and a joke. Listen to this. 
Every single Republican should vote no on the ludicrous, unacceptable $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill. It's a disaster for our country, and it also happens to be a disaster for the Republican Party because they can stop it. Biden and the radical Democrats are trying to ram through this monstrosity in the dark of night when no one has even had a chance to read its over 4,000 pages crammed with left-wing disasters, Washington betrayals, and special interest sellouts all designed to keep the corruption going without lifting a single finger to solve the problems that matter to hardworking families and Americans. The bill provides $1.9 billion for so-called border management to process illegal aliens and release them into our country, but it incredibly prohibits those funds from ever being used for border security to prevent illegal aliens from coming in in the first place. And most importantly, we're giving $500 million to other countries for border security and for the building of walls. Can you believe this? But we're not allowed to use any money for border security or the building of walls. This bill will make the border worse. It will make crime worse. It will make the economy worse. It will make inflation worse. It will make every single one of Joe Biden's total catastrophes even more ruinous and damaging to our country. Our country is going to hell because of what they've done in the last two years. Passing a spending bill now before Republicans take control of Congress on January 3rd would squander our best chance to hold Biden fully accountable and force him to secure the border in the new year. Mitch McConnell, who is an absolute disaster, by the way, must not be allowed to waste this golden opportunity. He's more of a Democrat than a Republican. What he's doing to this party is incredible, and what he's doing to our nation is incredible. Call your congressmen and senators right now and tell them to vote no on Democrats' massive left-wing spending bill, and they have to do it now. Vote no. I mean, $100 billion more for the Ukraine, and uh, we don't know where $20 billion of it is right now. We've already... Exactly. Given, yeah. I mean, what what is going on with, with Washington? How can they do this? Billions for the FBI to attack Americans and mm-hmm. raid our homes. Uh, they just also, they allocated billions to uh, bring in the 87,000 new IRS agents with guns. And not a dime for the protection of our border. Think about that. If you think that it's just an oversight that they have screwed up down on the border. No, it's intentional. Don't you mm-hmm. think? Oh, I think it is. You know, I, I was looking at the senators that, that voted. I don't know all their names, so I'm not going to butcher them, but there are 14 and you can Google it. Mm. The senators that voted for the omnibus bill, at least get to know if it, people if like, uh, like Mitt Romney, Lindsey and, Graham. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a bunch of them. There's uh Susan Collins. Uh, who else is there? Uh, Lisa Murkowski. Yeah. Yeah. There uh, on the list. There is Ed Romney. There isn't a war that, uh, Lindsey Graham hasn't been enthusiastic about. There's something wrong with this guy. He loves, he loves us to get involved with war. war. He must, he must have an ulterior motive. I mean, when John McCain was alive, they were like a tag team match when it came to supporting any war that we were involved with. You know, and it's not their kids that are dying. 
<laughs> they don't. I think Lindsey Graham's a bachelor. So he's enthusiastic to keep us. Do these guys ever think beyond the initial part of the war? I mean, I I was reading that Russia has said, okay, you're going to escalate giving more stuff to the Ukrainians. Then we're going to have to take comparable steps against you, meaning you're going to put bigger weapons, uh, the Patriot missile system. And what happens, by the way, if they fire one of those Patriot missiles, it, it explodes over Russia and the missile that it knocks down lands on Russian territory and kills somebody. Mm-hmm. What happens? And, you know, by the way, but before I forget, Crimea, Crimea right, mm-hmm. which was part of the Ukraine and which some people in the Ukraine still think is Ukrainian, that was taken over in 2014 by the Russians. Right. So if you knock something out of the sky over Crimea... In, it's Russia. It's Russia. Well, is that going to be a, a, the beginning of a nuclear war? Well, there was that bridge that uh, mysteriously got hit, too. You know, there's been a lot of acts of aggression. I think, uh, you know, we talked badly about Putin, and I'm not saying he's a good guy, but he knows that nuclear war, which is what we're knocking on the door, is a bad thing. Now, I don't know how their hierarchy works, but I do know this. You know, you go back to World War One. you know, there was, you know, how, you know, who was really behind the war and what happens. But you got to look at the war machine, who makes the, the, the yeah. munitions, yeah. who makes the rifles, who makes the missiles, who makes the jets, who makes the ships. Sure. Everybody. That's big money. But you know what? You don't need those if you're not in a conflict. Do you think it's a coincidence that we had a major war coming out of the Depression? In 1939, I mean, yeah, on the surface, there were a lot of lot of reasons, you know, the attack on Pearl Harbor and and of course uh, Adolf Hitler. But think about it for a second: we were in a devastating economic depression during the 30s, and we turned it with with the war effort. The economy blew up again; it became robust again. And it had a residual effect after the war. I mean, uh, the 50s were a uh, profitable time because soldiers came back and needed to buy things and, and get well, jobs. Well, two things happen. I mean, you know, number one, money gets pumped in because we've created jobs right. uh, with Rosie Riveter and everything, you know, making the war machine. Uh, so you, you've got that going on. A lot of soldiers came home. Right. Some didn't. They didn't come home to their families and their jobs. And those that were on the unemployed rank got to step into those jobs. It's true. Uh, So, you know, we depopulize, we create jobs, uh, and we make money off the war machine. We are merchants of death. Little things like Ford Motor Company was making tanks and airplanes. And, of course, after the war ended, that, that stopped. They had to convert all of these big factories that were making these airplanes and tanks back into automobile manufacturing plants. People mm-hmm. think it's done with a snap of a finger. It isn't. Oh, no. It's a long, involved, serious, dedicated process. John Deere up in, what, Iowa, Waterloo. You know, the plant that's there, uh, they made tanks and they made they made everything. But tell right. that makes the guns. Why yeah. do you think that their guns... Look like the guns that our soldiers had. The well, same die. The mo- 
Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. they had the mold to sit there and pour, and they just, okay, we can make this and put a toy mechanism in it and pour the plastic, and the kids can go up, play army. <laughs> but, you know, they, boom, 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 they made the real guns. Well, you know that, I hate to say it, but war is good for the economy. So you have. No, that's what I'm saying. You, so when you think about the Vietnam War and you think about uh, the Korean War, you think about uh, the wars in Iraq. I mean, we had no reason really to be in Iraq. If we, you look, we, Joe Biden was a big orchestrator of that particular war in Iraq. Now, I'm not saying he was the only one. Uh, George was. Bush was a big. Uh, yeah, George Bush, yeah. Cheney, all of that. But Biden was in it too. He was. He was on, he had the boots on the ground. And I remember one of the things saying, well, we can do this because we have a surplus of ammunition. Yeah, wow. we got to burn off that ammunition so somebody can go make the new ammunition. Do you think that a guy like Lindsey Graham has thought past the initial part of a war like the Ukraine? Has he thought past maybe a nuclear confrontation? I don't think they care. I don't think they really care. What you just said is very, it's frightening to think that a guy in his position a, a, a senior senator like him wouldn't care if we get involved with a nuclear war. Nobody wins with a nuclear war, Bill. Because he's never been physically close to it or around it. Yeah, you hear the t tragic stories, but, you know, oh, my heart goes out to them. Thank God it's not me, Yeah, you know? And I'm going to be in when the bombs go off, I'm going to be sheltered in place, you know? And what are you going to come out to? You're going to come out to a landscape of death and destruction. And, well, and, they'll and, change the you know they'll change the way the Earth goes and the way life is. I don't know. Wow. Maybe they haven't thought that far, or maybe they have, and we don't hey, know. This is a, another another reason why we should seriously think about implementing term limits to these people. Get exactly. them in. Get them the hell out. Yeah, and right now I would tend to say that ninety percent of the the people in power, right? They've 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 hit their limit. Time to go. I Mitch McConnell. Twenty twenty four. You know, if they've been there for a while, even if even if it's a Democrat that you support or a Republican that you support, put another Democrat in to replace yeah. and put another Republican in, or put somebody in that has your values. I'm not try, not trying to be political here. I'm just trying to say. Get these a-holes out of here because yeah, no. they're screwing it up. Oh, big time. President Trump also talked uh, in another statement about the immigration situation. Listen. Far more illegal immigrants have entered the United States in the last two years than at any time in American history and by a massive margin. We've never seen anything like it. Our country is under invasion. Days ago, 16,000 Illegal aliens were encountered crossing the border in a single 48-hour period. A colossal migrant caravan recently poured across the Rio Grande and into the streets of El Paso, Texas, and the people and the police didn't know what to do about it. It is truly a massive invasion. Any form of amnesty now would be a catastrophe. It rewards Joe Biden's lawlessness, and it rewards the criminal cartels, and it rewards everyone who has broken the laws of our nation because they've never done anything to our country like they're doing right now. Our country is being poisoned. Remember, our border is not open because of insufficient resources or 
legal authorities. Our border is open because Joe Biden has ordered it to be open and because Biden has broken the law and torn it into shreds. He has shredded our system and he's destroying our country. Biden inherited a flawless deportation system that was working like never before. In our history, we never did so well on the border as we were doing just a short time ago under the Trump administration. Giving Biden more resources will simply translate to even more releases because that's really what they have in mind. This has nothing to do with asylum. Everyone knows this is a pretext and this is a fraud. Anyone who pretends otherwise plays into the hands of Biden and the criminal cartels. This is about Biden's lawless and criminal misconduct. The most important reform needed right now is a total ban on Biden using taxpayer dollars to free illegal aliens and criminal penalties for administrative noncompliance, which happens every single minute of every single day. I was just reading this morning about uh, one kid jumped the wall, and I guess on the other side of the wall was like a six-lane highway, and he tried to run across the six-lane highway. He was struck by a car, and he had his leg. He, he wasn't killed, he, but he broke his leg, and uh, he was hit by a 61-year-old Hispanic American who was going to work, and, and the guy had pulled over, and he said, I was traumatized. I, I, I couldn't believe that I hit this kid. And, and well, the, let me and, tell you what's going to happen to him. His insurance company is going to pay out, and it's going to be his fault for not noticing the kid jumping over the wall. So you're saying that it'll be the best, the biggest break that kid ever had in his life. <laughs> Literally less, and yeah, figuratively. It's a great break. He's going to get a lot of money because the insurance company is going, we got to cut our liabilities. What do you think? 150000 Pay all his medical expenses? Oh, by the way, sir, your insurance premiums are yeah. going to go up. Hey, uh, you heard of John Kennedy, the senator from, uh, I believe, yes, Louisiana. I yeah. He uh, he had something to say about the Biden energy policy, and I, I want to play it for you because I just love his his colloquialisms. Listen. I used to have a, a, a beagle named Roger, and Roger was a rascal. About every two weeks, Roger would run off. He'd always come back, but about half the time, he'd come back dragging... Uh, roadkill that he would hide under my back porch. Uh, President Biden's energy policy looks like something Roger used to keep under my back porch. <laughs> it is a fact that uh, America has the greatest economy, strongest economy in all of human history. We can't run it without fossil fuels, not today, not tomorrow. It is also a fact that through reserves and technology, America uh, can produce every drop of oil and natural gas that we need and have, have extra left over to sell to our friends. Uh, that presents a problem for President Biden because he has embraced the woke or berserk wing of the Democratic Party. And woke ideology says we have to get rid of oil and gas in the United States. So President Biden has developed a new energy policy, and it is this. Instead of producing at a cheaper cost our own oil and gas in America, we're going to buy oil from foreign countries that hate us, in this case, Venezuela. So those foreign countries will have more money to buy weapons to try to kill us. 
It's a moronathon. <laughs> it's a moronathon. <laughs> I love I like it. that phrase. A I moronathon. Like phrase. <laughs> um, Welcome to the 2022 Going on 23, Moronathon. Exactly. Year number three of the Biden administration. And speaking of Moronathons, Bill, a California county has passed an ordinance that will ban landlords from conducting criminal background checks on prospective tenants. Well, wait a minute now. Yes. Now, there's an implication there because let's just say that somebody is, um, oh, I don't know, a pedophile. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. sex crimes. Sure. You know, kid. Yeah. You know, well, now you wouldn't well, know what that business you, is it of yours? Mr. Right. What Landlord? business is it of yours? But they're bound by the court of law that they cannot be within so many feet. And so if they're found to be within so many feet of a child, well, it's not that person's fault because the landlord, you know, gave them the lease. But the landlord, his hands are tied now, because in Alameda County, California, they have said you can't run a background check, period. So there well, you go. Pretty soon, you're not going to be able to run the credit check either. Exactly. Well, don't lie. You know, we laugh at stuff like that, Bill. But no, you're no, absolutely that's, I correct. See that coming. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. Oh, uh, gosh. Yeah, this, the, the rent is uh, $1,500 a month. Uh, I can handle that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Actually, if you're saying $1,500 a month in yes. Alameda, yes. that's cheap. Well, there you go, and you would you would know that you're from that area of the of the country. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're probably talking rents. Maybe I don't know. I haven't been out there in a while, but you know, when you're out in that area, uh, I got I got to think that you're you're talking anything like that grand. could go from twenty five hundred to five grand, depending yeah. on the place. Yeah. Now, which is crazy. Well, listen. Well, listen. We're we're just about done with the show, but you know what this is? This is our last show before Christmas. Christmas. Yes. Uh, Christmas. We, we want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas, all of you who are celebrating this wonderful holiday, including yours truly, and I'm sure you will be too. Yeah. Uh, I've got all my my stockings hung on the uh, chimney with care, with hopes well, of Jim, Saint Jim, we didn't Nicholas. need to know you had stockings that you hung up. <laughs> yeah. I didn't say nylons. I said stockings. <laughs> there's, there's, there's you're, you're, the old Christmas. I mean, this you guy's know, the, the, mind's in the gutter. Even the Christmas. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I have this book on Christmas stuff, yes. and actually, apparently, the story is the yes. poor girls that you know they used to take their stockings and walk, they only had one pair each, and they used to wash them mm-hmm. and hang them out the window to dry. Okay, and that's where the Christmas stocking legend came from because Santa would come by and put toys. And those girls' stockings. Christmas stockings. Oh, there you go. It's a Christmas story for you. Can you go ho, ho, ho? Can you say ho, ho, ho? Ho, ho, ho. Thank you very much. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) You know, I was at a store the other day. You should press your sound effects button and and give us a ho, ho. Oh, the Biden ho, ho. Yes. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) (laughs) You got to love special effects. Hey, listen, that's about it, friends. Have a very Merry Christmas, and we'll see you uh, on Monday and start another. Yeah, we will. Hey, you know what? Make sure that uh, it's not sparkle season. It's not uh, uh, tinkle season. Uh, that didn't sound right. No, it didn't but sound right. you know what? Uh, uh, I, I'm not afraid to say God and Jesus and make sure that they're in your Christmas this weekend. Absolutely. Absolutely. Keep Christ in Christmas. Have that's a right. very, very Merry Christmas. God bless you all, Bill. Merry Christmas, pal. Hey, you too. That's a wrap.
the voice of freedom, CRN America.